Welcome to the Happy Successful Massage Therapist. I am Eric DeGeer, business coach, massage therapist, game designer, and your host. This podcast deals with a wide range of interests framed within the five mountains, physical, mental, financial, relational, and spiritual. This month, we'll be focusing on the relational mountain, which involves family, friends, network, self-love, and acceptance. Enjoy. All right, and welcome to another episode of the Happy Successful Massage Therapist. Today, I have my good friend Stephanie Rodriguez, the founder of USO LMT. We're going to be talking about community within the massage realm today. Stephanie, you want to introduce yourself? Absolutely. I started the United States Organization of Licensed Massage Therapists. It is a new national association for massage therapists. We started it in April of 2020. So we've been working on this for about a year and a half, and we are open for membership now. We are open to massage therapy students and all massage therapists, whether you own a business, you're an independent contractor, an educator, it doesn't matter. You can join our group. And the whole purpose of the group is to get massage therapists to organize around the things that they're passionate about and the things that they care about and to help them facilitate that organization where they can work together to achieve outcomes on the things that they actually care about and want to move forward and move the industry forward in massage therapy. Awesome. That's definitely a huge piece of community for me. What would be the purpose of joining a community if you weren't passionate about something, caring about something, or wanting to make a difference? You know, that's one of the reasons I created the Massage Success Club was I saw a need for people to have a place where they could join a community of people who cared about massage and about their personal success, but wanted to be with people who also cared about theirs and about the massage career as a whole and moving that forward. It sounds like we have a lot in common with those communities. So that's why I thought it'd be good to bring you on board and talk to you about the communities that we have going on. Yeah, there's a lot to say about those. (laughs) So one of my first questions is, why is it important for someone to be in a community? Why is it important for someone to be a part of this group of people who share an interest? I think the biggest reason why it's so important is to find the support that you need. We're very individualistic in massage therapy and we all have our own individual goals. And most of us want to achieve something in private practice eventually, whether we start off as an employee or something like that, eventually that's where we want to go. And we're all very independent, but even in our independence, we need to have support and we need to have people who can serve as mentors, who can guide us and show us the way to do that or help us facilitate our goals. It's really important for us to do that. And, you know, in our work, we're very isolated. And I believe that having a social circle or peer support network is one of the most important things you can do for your self-care as a massage therapist. Definitely agree. There's so many ways as humans that we grow from this community knowledge. You look at anything that we're doing. I mean, even this recording on phones or laptops with Zoom or other software, we didn't have to invent these things. We're continuing the human experience by standing on the shoulders of those who came before us. And we can't do it on our own. You know, imagine a tribe of one (laughs) wouldn't work very well. 
because of that combined knowledge over the years is super helpful, as well as forming this emotional support network when things aren't going so well. And that's the reason why I dived actually so much into the massage community is because of what was going on with COVID last year and really reaching out to other people. And I think that that rings true for a lot of other therapists, that that's when they started reaching out and communicating with other people because they realized, oh shit, this isn't just happening to me. Absolutely. That definitely happened for me. I was a massage therapist that was working in spas, resort spas and things like that. And when COVID started to play a big part in what we were doing and we realized that our legislators and the people who make the rules for us really have so much of an impact on whether or not we could even practice. It was really important at that time that we started to form social networks and peer groups with other massage therapists who were going through the same thing that we were. I agree. So here's another question. What has been your experience so far with community within the massage industry? Well, I believe that when you look at, let's just take our social media communities. In our communities, if you kind of look at the overall picture of where we are on social media, we're divided by state. Most often there are communities for every state and you know the issues that they might be experiencing in that particular state with their boards or something like that. And then we have these really wonderful outcome-based massage communities like yours. I love to see that. And, you know, there are other ones that are really focused on business or they're really focused on helping bigger businesses succeed or helping spas succeed. So many great ones out there. And these communities, when you look at those, they're so outcome focused and they're so focused on one particular area that you can actually really get in these communities and learn. You can learn so much for free. And then when I look at our other communities where we're kind of state focused, we don't really have a chance to like go deep into anything. We can ask questions and get some answers, but we don't really have the opportunity to go deep into any topic or to really make headway on the things that we are passionate about as individuals in massage therapy. So I would like to see more of that. Yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't ever think about that. I know I'm part of some of the local communities and thinking about it, it's much more focused on, hey, I have a massage table for sale or I have a job opening for someone or I need a job. You know, we don't really get into these deeper, juicier topics or work together in a lot of the ways that I see people working together when they're connected by these online groups, like your mm -hmm. USO LMT group or my Happy Successful Massage Therapist group, which if anybody's listening and they haven't joined those two, go ahead and hop on those two free groups online that we have. There's definitely a lot of good information there. Speaking of good information, you have your own podcast that we recorded on a couple months ago. Absolutely. It's on Apple Music. We're on Spotify. Just look us up. In the podcast, I really approach a lot of very sensitive topics in massage therapy. And, you know, over the last year and a half, I've spent a lot of my time talking to massage therapists and I've talked to thousands of them now individually to find out like what they want, what do they need, what do they care about. And I identified some really big issues that are very deep that we need to discuss. And I 
centered my podcast on doing that and really getting into those topics and providing links and support and information for therapists who want to explore more about these topics or who really care about them, or maybe they've been affected by them. So that's really been the focus of our podcast. And we have a new upcoming season and we are going to focus on more conversational topics. We're going to pick an issue and then we're just going to go for it and spend 30 minutes talking about that issue and kind of hashing out everything about it. That's what our next season is going to look like. And I hope it's going to be really fun and also informative for therapists. Very cool. I like that. So just for example, what are some of the sensitive issues that you want to discuss? Yeah, some of the things I've already talked about on my podcast are things like sexual assault. We talked about human trafficking, prostitution, the lack of diversity within our field. We talked about medical massage therapy and the push towards that. There are just so many different issues that we could talk about. You and I talked about toxicity in the workplace and toxic work cultures and how to overcome that. And that is a really big issue. We talked about massage therapy education. So really, when you think about anything in massage therapy, there's always something about it, you know, that could be improved or changed or fixed. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of these sensitive issues, you know, people disagree on them a lot, but there's definitely like a sense of cohesiveness and support when someone in the community is suffering through something that brings the community together which is one of my favorite parts about having the group, like the Happy Successful Massage Therapist, somebody posts in the group saying, hey, I need help with the Embolex or I'm wanting to launch my new business or they've got some issue going on in their business that they want the community to brainstorm on. And oftentimes I'll be able to message them separately and talk with them. If it seems like they'd be a good fit for a massage success club or coaching one-on-one, they can always reach out personally. But oftentimes people it's brave for them to come forward with this issue in the community and to receive support for it. And I think that's my favorite parts about having these groups. Absolutely. There's always going to be disagreements, but in a lot of our groups, one of the things that I've noticed is there's no expert or established experts within the groups. I mean, it may be the group administrators, but like when a new person, a new student or something like that's coming to ask a question, and they receive 45 different answers, it's hard to discern what the actual true answer is. It's kind of like, where do you figure out what's information and what's misinformation? So I like your group because you've established yourself as an expert within your group. And I think that all group leaders need to do that. Instead of having the general answers, the person who's leading the group really should be coming in and having the last word. And saying, okay, this is what I see, and this is how I can help you. I've been doing this for X number of years. This is my experience. Yeah, I think that's definitely something maybe I need to step up more and do is come into the comments. I know sometimes I just leave it to the group decision on the smaller issues, but definitely try to step in where my experience can help. But I do think that that's the benefit of having multiple leaders is you find one that that style fits for you instead of it just being this chaotic mess of information, like you said, find a leader that you resonate with. And I love bringing those leaders onto this podcast and chatting with them. I mean, we had Rebecca, her episode released a couple of weeks ago, and Mariah's going to be on. I just want to pull 
all the different voices on here so people have an understanding of who these leaders are in their community. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we see just the ones who pay for the most ads <laughs> rather than <laughs> the ones who are speaking strongly, but maybe quietly to their own community. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you feel like drew you to becoming a leader of a community like this? Oh, good question. So I feel like I have always kind of been that in the places that I've worked as a massage therapist. And, you know, I have a business background. I have a training background. I'm used to being in front of people. I'm used to teaching. I'm used to talking. So when I got into massage therapy, my first job, I was only there for four months. And they were like, hey, do you want to be our lead therapist? And I was like, oh, what? (laughs) I've been a massage therapist for four months. What are you talking about? It was very intimidating to me, not in the fact that I would have to train new massage therapists or talk them through rollouts of new products or new services, but I worked with some brilliant massage therapists who had been therapists for 11 years, 15 years. And I was like, oh, okay, um, sure, I'll do it. And when I did that, I enlisted their help, (laughs) right? So when we were doing things like lunch and learns and we were learning new techniques and stuff like that, I let my therapist shine because that was their area of expertise. I was new, but I did the management of all of our training in that position and I did it for two and a half years and it was great. And I was even able to train our front desk on sales techniques and how to sell our memberships and stuff like that too. So that was really fun. And I got to do a lot of assistant manager And then, you know, in my next position, I worked in a huge resort with over 50 therapists with years and years of experience. They'd been there forever. And in a year and a half, I learned every single service on the menu. I did it faster than anybody who had ever worked there, but I had to like beg them to train me to do all these things. I really enjoyed what I did and I loved my job there. And then, you know, I went to a spa management position. So I've always kind of been in a leadership role in my massage career. And I'm just a go-getter. I like to get things done. I like to have variety in my work and I like to learn as much as I can. So I think that helps me. And when I was in my big resort job, we were having some issues with our pay. And I was the person who went to management and went to human resources and said, Hey, this is wrong. We need to get this fixed. And there are people that have been dealing with this stuff for over 10 years. And they're like, that's just the way it is. And I'm like, no, it's not the way it is. It's not the way it's going to be. I'm going to go fix it. And I did. And in my spa manager job, I got every person on that staff a raise before I left because they weren't paid enough to do what they were doing. We couldn't hire people at the rate they were paying. And I made it my mission to make it happen. So You know, that's how I work. When I get passionate about something, I know something is wrong. I fix it. (laughs) I think that that's definitely one of the top qualities for a leader. And especially it really rings true what you said before is that the leader doesn't have to be the best at everything. And they're not supposed to be. They're not supposed to be the one who comes down and knows all the answers, but they can tap members of the group who do. And the leadership position is just the one person who everybody will respect enough to lead the way towards the group benefit. Like there's a really good book by Simon Sinek called Leaders Eat Last. If y'all haven't read that one or not, 
He talks about how leaders are actually the servants of the group. They're the ones going and putting the group first in mind and what is going to be best for the group as a whole. Making sure everyone's represented. Making sure everyone is taken care of and has their skills used to the best of their abilities. Mm -hmm. The leader is really the first one to step out and walk down the road and pave the way for you as somebody who is still learning, you know, or somebody who even may want to be in leadership. The leaders are the example to follow. And it's hard as a massage therapist. There's a lot of us that just want to do our job and go home, you know, and that's fine. It's totally fine. But there are people out there who are fighting for you all day, every day. And they're fighting for your success. And you're one of them. <laughs> yep. I think that's important to recognize that leadership qualities aren't inherent in everybody. I mean, you can be the most brilliant therapist, but never want to step into any sort of leadership position. I mean, you might prefer the lone wolf. And I know I did that for a long time. I didn't communicate with anybody else outside of my small circle of clients. Maybe had some other therapists that I knew. But once I stepped out of that, I think that much like yourself, I felt drawn toward leading a community, leading a group. And it started online. And then we'll see where this podcast goes. It'll be really interesting to see how this develops. Yeah. You know, we've got some really cool episodes coming up. I'm pretty excited about to work with these people on. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you decided to take on the podcast. I remember last time when I had you on my podcast, you were like, oh, how are you doing this? It's really so easy to get your voice out there. So I'm really happy to see that you did it. Awesome job so far. Thanks. I'm not one to sit around like thinking about, hmm, should I do it? Should I not? I was like, let me go ahead and step out into this and try it for a year and see how things go. It's been pretty fun so far. That's right. Take that action, right? That's what we need to do. Make a decision, take the action. Yeah. So let's talk about how to find a community that works for you. I mean, there's tons of communities out there. Like you said, there's local groups, there's groups about business, there's groups like USOLMT, there's groups like the Happy Successful Massage Therapist, all of which can be found on Facebook. But there's, of course, communities outside of Facebook. But how do you recommend that people find a community that works for them? So I think it really starts with evaluating what are your core values? What do you care about and what are your goals? And, you know, when you think about your values, you really want to get in where you fit in, right? So you want to be in a community that actually supports and shares the same values that you do. And, you know, our values are really fundamental to who we are as people. So we really need to be in communities that support those. And then just thinking about like, what are your goals in massage therapy? If your goal is to work at a luxury resort spa for the rest of your life, and that's great for you, you know, there's really not a lot of sense in being in a business building community. But if your goal is to have your own practice or to open your own spa someday, you need to be in a community that's going to help you and support that. So it's really just, a lot of self-evaluation, I think, at the beginning to figure out where it is that you need to be as far as your goals go. And then thinking about what do you see in the massage communities that could be better or what issues do you see or maybe even what issues are you facing outside of your treatment room? 
because there's a lot of them and we talk about them everywhere all the time. And which ones do you think that should be changed? Because the future of massage therapy really relies on us as individuals to come together to solve these problems. No one's going to solve them for us. No one's going to fix it. We have to do it. And I think that's something that a lot of therapists really need to start thinking about is that it's not just what's going on in our treatment room, because everything going on outside of our treatment room is also affecting us. It's affecting whether or not you're going to be able to do your job in the future and how you do that job and what tools you can use and what products you can use. There's a lot of stuff going on out here that is affecting everything happening inside there. So what parts of those things do you care about? And where can you make your impact and where can you make your voice heard? So that's what I would suggest to really take some time to look inside and see where your passion actually lies and then get into organized groups that are working on those things. Great. So I know that USO LMT is one of those groups you talked about who's working on those things. Like what exactly does it mean to be a member of it? We are going to start our own social media network for members. And within that network, we're going to be able to organize into groups by topic or by passion, things you care about. And we don't have the opportunity to really do that on social media. So this will be a place where you can come and you can start sharing your own passion and create groups, work groups that actually work together to achieve outcomes. And the organization with the membership fees is going to support and promote whatever those outcomes are for the members. So I'm really excited about that. And I hope to see massage therapists start to adopt that and come together and start working together. And I think this is a great way to build unity in our profession, even though we might be separated into different topics and different groups, through those groups can come some really amazing projects and really amazing information that we can use to educate our wider massage community. Another thing that we're doing is we are doing town hall discussions, and we've done a few of them this year. They're posted on our YouTube channel, and these are free, so anybody can come in, and we just pick a topic, and we talk about it. We want to know about the topic, people who have been working on that particular thing, and how can we move forward? Where can we assist? What can we do to bring our community together around these particular topics? So those are free. And they're out there. We're going to keep doing that as we have time to facilitate those discussions. And I think those are going to be some of the really, really cool things that are going to be going on next year. We also have some classes. I have a Google Classroom. So I have like compiled information, human trafficking, prostitution, sexual assault. That was a big one for me to explore last year. And I've compiled information from all over the place into one class where you can go and take it. There's a PowerPoint video that you can watch and there's tons of information in there. I also did another one on understanding the power structure of massage therapy. And I think everybody needs to take that course. I'm going to make it free. And it's going to tell you how we're structured from the top, our Congress, our government, our state boards, and then we go into massage schools, educators, what the workplace structure looks like, and then how do we start to shift this power structure in our favor? And we talk about that a little bit too, and there's, you know, I'm happy to answer questions or anything like that for people so that we can start to really shift the power in massage therapy and put it in our hands 
rather than the people who are making decisions for us, because eventually it's going to be us making those decisions. And the faster that we start to get on board with that, the more decisions and the better that we can make things for us right now and in the near future. That's fantastic. I think that's a very thorough answer. (laughs) (laughs) I think that what you're doing is great. I love all the different options that people have to participate and get their voice heard. You know, you're giving the microphone back to the little guy, back to the individual therapists. Yes, absolutely. It is your profession. So you should have a say in what goes on in it. And, you know, one of the big differences between USOLMT and other associations is that we're going to have a voting process that focuses on majority rule. Like right now, we have boards and the boards might come up with a slate of candidates for the next board and they vote on those. The membership has a chance to vote, but you don't really know a lot about your leaders. I mean, some of the people that have been in the profession a long time know them, but you know, most people who are in AMTA or ABMP, they don't know who they are. I don't. It took me a long time to figure out who these people were and what their backgrounds were. We want to be accessible to everybody. And we want people to know that we are just people like you. We're just massage therapists like you. We're not some elusive icons. We're just here to help you. And we want you to know who we are. So I think that's really important. And having everybody have a vote and focusing on majority rule in the organization, I think is what we really need to do. That way everybody gets a voice and everybody gets a say. And we might have one group that might be focused on, let's say a spa community, might have one group that's focused on a medical massage issue. And those groups may not work together. So whatever this one community decides, those are the people that are going to get the vote to go forward. You know, whatever the spa community decides, it'll be them that has the vote to go forward on their projects. And we're just going to support that, facilitate it, and provide the funding for it through our membership. I love it. That's great. Wrapping up all the costs in one. I think that we've definitely hit on a lot of really good points with the community. I mean, we could probably talk for another hour about this. At the end of our episodes, uh, leave enough time for us to pull out some questions from some of the games. So I've got two games that I've created. They're both card games. One is Happy Hour, and the other one is 420, the card game. And it's kind of like a truth or dare question and action game. And I'm going to be pulling some of the questions to ask Stephanie. Some of the questions are a bit wacky, but that's what makes it fun. (laughs) First question, this is pulling from the game Happy Hour, which is available on Amazon Prime or on our website, potatogames.com, is what animal would you not want to be trapped in a room with for 24 hours, even if it was friendly? Probably a bear. Have you ever been around bears? They smell so bad. I actually was around uh, a couple bears in Idaho. (laughs) Bears everywhere out there. What's going on? Anyway, yeah, so uh, bears are pretty smelly, and I don't think that I would want to be trapped in a room with one, even if it was really nice, especially if that room was closed and did not have windows where I could actually breathe. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fair enough. Yeah, if it was friendly, that might be even worse. I would probably get near you and want to hug you or lick you or something yeah it wants to cuddle and then it wants to fart not no no that's okay (laughs) (laughs) all right second question what food can be eaten for breakfast lunch and dinner 
You know, I really think that pancakes can be eaten for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, in fact, that happens quite a bit around my house, you know, so like we can make dessert pancakes, you know, really hearty pancakes with a cheese sauce. We can do berry pancakes. So yeah, I think pancakes are the perfect food and they can be adapted any way you want for breakfast, That's lunch, perfect. and dinner. That sounds like crepes almost. You can savor yeah, one. Yeah. What was your happiest moment last year? I don't know. I guess I kind of like really take pleasure in the small moments. <laughs> and, you know, I really have spent last year, I was at home a lot. I didn't even really go out much, you know? So I think some of my happiest moments were really just spending time with my family and spending time with my son and teaching and having time to talk to other people in our community. Those are probably actually some of the best times that I had last year, just still being able to have connection even though I was kind of stuck at home and trying to figure out how to best ride the wave of COVID-19, you know? Yeah, I love these kind of questions where it's like thinking back and telling a story or touching on something, you know, that most people don't think about. There's a bunch of goofy ones, but there's some serious ones in there. Lighten up the mood. Okay, we'll do one more question, which is what's the worst injury you've ever received? Okay, so this is probably going to be funny, and it was awful at the same time. So I was walking in downtown Portland. I was going clubbing. I had my fancy Dutch-style shoes on. You know, they're kind of pointy with the little wooden bottom. They were red. They were sexy. They really were. Anyways, I'm walking down the street, and I'm with my friends, and we're about to go hit the club, and I step off the curb, and I slip. I broke my ankle. <laughs> just went down like a ton of bricks. It was like, bam, the people across the street were laughing so hard at me. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God. And I didn't even realize that I broke my ankle when it happened. <laughs> yeah. And the people across the street, I mean, they were just, they were rolling, laughing at me because they thought I was probably drunk or whatever. I don't even know. It was probably like one o'clock in the morning walking around down there. <laughs> and so I'm freaking out. And then my friend gets me up and I'm like, oh, I'm okay. I'm good. I think I had like, you know, whatever the adrenaline rush, you know, where you think that you're okay, but you're actually not. We decide I'm fine. We're going to go dancing. Okay, cool. Oh, so we no. leave, we go to the club, we're dancing around. Everything's great. I don't even feel it, you know? And by the time that we left, my ankle was very, very swollen and <laughs> very bad went to the doctor and there wasn't a whole lot they could do for it. So, you know, they just gave me medicine to bring down the swelling and stuff. But even today, I still have an issue with my ankle. So if I stand on it too long, it's still a problem. And that's really why that's the worst injury that I've ever had. Not that I haven't had others, but it's still an issue. So yeah, that was it. All right. And on that note, we'll <laughs> wrap everything up. Thanks for the stories. Thanks for the info about the community and everything. How can everyone reach you? So you can email me if you want to reach me at be the change at usolmt.com. I also have my Gmail account, usolmt at gmail.com. Email is a really good way to reach me. Facebook messaging is also a really great way to reach me. I usually check messages, even if you're not a friend of mine. You know, if you're having an issue, if you're having a problem and you need some support solving it, just hit me up. If I don't know the answer, I will find somebody that can help you. So if you have any questions for me, just hit me up on Facebook or send me the email. Perfect. All right. 
Thanks, Stephanie, for being a part of this. It was great to talk to you. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. All right. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Happy Successful Massage Therapist podcast with Eric DeGear. Join our free Facebook group under the same name. If you are interested in one-on-one coaching or our massage mastermind group, you can apply at degear.biz and massagesuccess.club. Please support our podcast by purchasing the 420 and happy hour games at potatogames.com. Get $10 off when you buy both games using the secret code podcast. As always, see you on the flip side.